0: Welcome back to the Whistle Mission Outdoors podcast. We, uh, we don't have Pat this week, so... I'm here, smoking Bill. He's filling in for Pat. Thanks for having me. As Pat had this weird thing. So we were in Wisconsin last week. That's why we didn't post an episode. We were supposed to do one on the boat, and we didn't. Uh, that's Pat's fault again. <laughs> um, but anyway, so Friday, Pat was leaving. He got stung in the hand by a bee, gets on the road, and then all of a sudden his tooth starts hurting. And he actually had to get out of his truck because he couldn't drive. He was in so much pain.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. Like, he
0: had to pull over on the side of the road. So he, I was talking to him last night. He goes, I'm going to try and make it. I'm going to try and make it. And he sent me a picture, and his face is all blown up. I'm like, I'm just going to have Bill fill in. So Bill, Bill, like, you uh, stepped up to the challenge and got us some stories. And, you know, he was there for this whole trip. So this will be a good discussion. Oh, yeah. So tell me about Wisconsin. Where did we start? <sighs> Where didn't we start?
1: We fished. We beat that water to a pulp, and we had a real nasty front the first day.
0: Uh, Second day was it the second day? Yeah, I remember. Well, I mean the first full day. Yeah, the The first first, full
1: day that we were there. The day we
0: got there, it was hot.
1: It was hot. It was
0: water was still. We thought, okay, this is going to be decent. The nine point nine flooded real bad. Yeah, you know. But so, give me honest opinions on the chip. Tell me what you're thinking.
1: You know, I love the chip with flowers just because we have been going there for so long. You know,
0: and. We have produced fish out of there, but not in the numbers that we really want. So I love where we stay. I don't re- I don't really want to say the name of the resort just in case just in case. Yeah. You know? I wouldn't. But it's an old, rustic on the east side. We only fish the east side. Yep. Um and I love I love where we stay. I love the
1: history of the place. I love yep. the price. Everything about it is yep. catered to I love the lake.
0: Yeah. The lake's big. There's not a lot of development. It's wilderness aspect. Yeah. I just wish the fish produced. That's just it. Last year, I remember talking to the guy in the canoe, and he said, every year, he goes, I've been coming up here for 30 years, and every year I catch less fish. And I agree. Yeah. This is the first time I've been in the Chippewa Flowage and I got skunked. Yep. Okay. So, too bad Pat's not here. I don't know if we're going to actually still do the golden mic stand, because I don't think he did too hot. I don't know if he wants to consider it a win or not. Right. You know. We'll see. If he does, he does. But, Uh, so I went up there with the fly rod. You were with me in the boat the whole time. Yep. And I, you watched. I worked. I tried. Yeah, you beat it to a pulp. And I got quick little story for everybody. I got bit off by a pike. Bill actually reeled in his line to watch the fight. We were back in the seaweed bed, and I threw a little or minnow, hit it once, hit it twice, hit it three times, and on the fourth he bit it off. Yep. I'm like, you son of a. So I tie another one on. Threw it in there. He bit that one off.
1: Mm-hmm. You're getting frustrated with that little pike too.
0: I had a little three X tipping on there. And so then I throw another one on, and he just stopped hitting. I'm yep. like, he won. That son of a bitch. I thought for sure we're pulling him I'm thinking like, I'm gonna flay this son of a bitch too when he goes oh, yeah. in here. He's we're gonna have a piece of meat out of him. He was gonna be dinner. Um but so I threw the fly rod the whole time for musky, bass, everything. Uh yeah, I mean, I tried everything I can think of. I pull out all my tricks and came up empty-handed. That's the first time we've been to Chippewa Flowage and did not put a fish in the boat.
1: I mean, to be fair, I didn't really knock them dead either. I was, I was bobber fishing primarily for panfish. Caught a real, like, couple tiny little bass, but nothing worth keeping. We didn't catch any bluegill. Caught those little baby bluegill by the bog.
0: But the thing that—so what really concerns me is, like, when we would go up there and get skunked before, it was all musky lures, and that happens. Yep. Anybody that's thrown a musky lure for more than 10 minutes knows. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So— but you, we literally were fishing cribs with live bait, and we couldn't catch anything. Yeah. It
1: tells me, what are they feeding on? If I can't catch bluegill on a bobber and a worm, or go out there and catch smallmouth on you know, spinner baits.
0: Yeah, so we're throwing in the down logs, uh, everything we can throw at them. We're not even getting any strikes out of them.
1: Yeah. So it tells me, like, what are they eating? Are they, are, they, are they still in there? Is it just outfished?
0: I'm wondering if the chip is dead. That's what yeah. I'm wondering. No
1: one mm-hmm. would ever tell you that, you know. So in my business. Fair
0: Chase argument, uh, did you listen to that podcast, the Fair Chase one? Most of it. Okay. About did you hear do. my argument with electronics on fishing boats? Yeah. Okay. Yep. So I don't really have like a good solution for that. I did think of one, though. Okay. Okay. And this would piss a lot of people off, you know. A lot of them adjusting this thing. Okay, so. Ah uh, the chip of flowage is, is all it's all invisible structure, you know rock piles and you're cruising along at thirty miles an hour and you're all of a sudden in a foot of water, and yep. then you're back down to the thirty. there's lumps, there's things underwater, and without electronics, that's a hard lake to fish, oh yeah, so anyway, my solution is I think electronics is part of the reason we killed that. A lot of people are con- very conservative up there where they're throwing things back, yeah. you know. Not you know not necessarily the panfish. That's what they're up there to do: catch them and eat them. Yep. But I think the electronics has had a lot to do with killing it up there, because 20 years ago we'd go there, it might not pull in a muskie, but we were it was nonstop everything else. Yep. So my my solution is: what if they came up with a thing? And I, this is going nowhere. This is just me dreaming, you know. Mm-hmm. But what if? And uh, you know how I, I don't like taxes, you know, but. What if you had to pay a tax stamp for every piece of electronic device you had on your boat?
1: Uh, you'd have a lot of pissed off people. Would it improve the fishing over years? Maybe. You would,
0: but let's say that tax stamp went to all their Class A type waters, like the Chippewa Flowage. Oh, for like... Stockings. Yeah, stocking and... So you paid, you paid 5 or $10 a year. So you got two GPSs on your boat. It cost you 20 bucks, and that 20 bucks went into... was all donated right to Class A waters in see, Wisconsin. I wouldn't,
1: I wouldn't mind paying
0: that. I wouldn't One mind bit. paying that either. Because, you know, you pay for your fishing license, and out of, us out-of-staters pay a lot. Mm-hmm. You look at other states, where it's, Wisconsin's really not that bad. No, and One time, at Alaska won like, it was like $125 for three days. Really? Yeah. it was Whatever it was, it was insane. Me wow. and Kel looked, because Kel's like, why don't you go fishing for a day? And I'm like, yeah. We looked into it, and we're like, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> and so, no. Um, but I was thinking, what if there was a tax stamp, and it all went back to the fisheries that we're annihilating with electronics? I mean... I personally wouldn't have a problem paying
1: for it knowing that that money went directly to, you know, conservation and stocking and everything like just that. Just their
0: but main lakes, just their, just their places like the Chippewa Flowage. Yeah. And, you know, all the St. Germain things going on mm-hmm. and all the inland lakes that are considered like big things, right. you know. But the Chippewa Flowage, the other thing too is I know it wasn't because you talk to other people, nah, I ain't catching anything, nah, I ain't catching anything. Yeah,
1: so it's like, you know you're not doing anything wrong, it's
0: yeah. just the waters you're fishing. right. So I, 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 if I was in office, I would introduce a five dollar a unit uh, tax. So does that mean you're moving to Wisconsin and running for office? No, but there's something's got to be done. I mean, it no, just- I agree. Uh, what, it was either hummingbird or lawn boats or whatever on Instagram posted. What kind of electronics do you have? And they showed this crazy ass. Setup oh yeah, this you guy get two had. foot
1: screens. And-
0: this this was—I don't know what the guy looks over when he's cruising along at 70 miles an hour in these big glitter boats, and he's got these TV screens in front. I don't know what they're looking at. Yeah, they
1: got one up front, one in the
0: back, one on the console. They, they can't see over the bow very easy. There's yep. no way. <laughs> There's no. That thing's the size of my laptop, and then they got two of them. Yeah. You know. But anyway, I really do believe the electronics killed it up there. Mm-hmm. No, there's there's definitely an argument to be made for that, for so sure. So the fishing sucked for everybody. Okay, fishing was bad. But tell me what was good.
1: I'll tell you what, the brisket turned out pretty good. <laughs> the
0: brisket turned out good, and we're going to get into that.
1: Yep, we'll do smoking bills in a little bit. But, but yeah, we ate, we definitely ate good on this
0: trip. We ate a lot of red meat. We drank a lot of Bushlight. We did Lager ruin 16. Gross. No, that stuff is fantastic. That stuff's so terrible. I'm so glad they came up with that. <laughs> But, uh, so you got lager brewing and we, so we drank a lot of beer. and ate a lot of meat. Mm -hmm. Fishing was terrible, but I'll tell you what, every meal we had was good. Even your breakfasts you were making with Jardiner. Oh yeah. Little hot peppers and yeah. So we ate good. And you know what? It was
1: just nice not being at
0: work. It was nice just getting away and. It was cool. We timed that to go with my dad, Pat, uh, Nick, the brother-in-law and my brother Joe showed up for a night. So it was, we had a good time. Every night we came in, we had a good time. Oh, yeah. It wasn't just you and me bumming around in the bunkhouse, mm-hmm. you know. So that was fun. My dad wants us to do it again next year. I don't know.
1: Yeah, who knows what next year's going to bring.
0: Yeah, I don't know. So we'll see uh, with that. Uh, so pretty much that's all I really got on Wisconsin. you want to talk about anything else for Wisconsin? Do you got an opinion you want to share? Something? I mean –
1: I just wish we would have done better. And every year we go up there and we don't really catch anything. Ah, well, it was a weird weather pattern. Well, if every year is a weird weather pattern, you go up there, maybe it's not the well, weather. Well,
0: to be fair, that uh, that has been the case a lot. The one time you, and me, and Evan went up there, every day there was a new shelf cloud coming through. Yep. And it was a new low, and then it would go to a high, and then a new low. And then it, we, we could not get stable weather. This trip, we had stable weather. I couldn't, other than that windy day.
1: Yeah, we had that one windy day that blew that front right through, and then still we didn't catch anything
0: it was nice and stable and i i don't know what the weather was not the case the weather was not a problem we had beautiful i was was just gonna say like we
1: i you just couldn't complain about the weather we had up there it was beautiful mid 70s all day
0: yeah if you stood in a spot with no wind and direct sunlight it was warm but then you get out in the sun and you're like throwing something on or out in the wind i'm sorry and then you're throwing something on yeah no i agree we had the weather was perfect other than the one windy day you know, and even the windy day, I thought maybe that was a chance to get something. But yeah. been wrong before. So do you want to uh you want to move in the news? Yeah. This yeah, is your I'll first news a, This is my
1: first news article, so bear with me. So, go so I'm gonna be covering uh Michigan and Indiana. So we'll kinda keep it short and sweet with Michigan. Um with deer uh deer season coming up. Um they have been finding some deer with uh, chronic wasting disease, C W D. Um it doesn't say that it's uh, it has any effect on humans, but the WHO still recommends you not eating infected meat. So they're telling you, uh, in these certain counties where there's a high priority, um, they're having some sampling done for if you do harvest, you know, a deer, that you can actually take it to some of the DNR places and they'll actually test it for
0: CWD. For free? Does it, say if anything, or- uh, it doesn't
1: say that it costs you anything. I'm sure it'll be for free because they're actually trying to get a number. Um, I know
0: a lot of places are doing that. Um CWD is, uh, it it depends on the hunter you talk to, but it's been controversial a lot. You got half the guys saying, I'll eat it. You cook it. It's good. And then you got other people saying, do do I really want to introduce a disease into the house? So I don't know which way I'm going to swing yet, but, uh, yeah, that is a, that is a definitely a, a, a controversial topic.
1: Well, it's it's state officials are trying to get, get you to stop, uh, to ban deer baiting because they don't want all these deer congregating together, because I guess it spreads pretty pretty you rapidly mean, through populations.
0: Oh, yeah, it does. It turns them into, like, zombies and shit. It starts rotting their brain out. Yeah, it's a neurodegenerative d- disease. So you can live with them, and then they just end up stumbling, and they starve to death. You mean the baiting, like, during the off-season, huh, like with the feeders?
1: Uh, no, it's just saying, yeah, it doesn't say. It just says they want to, state officials may be putting a ban on deer baiting throughout the lower peninsula. Okay. So, oh but, so,
0: okay so the lower part
1: yeah there's only like one county or part of two counties up in the up that are that are affected but it's primarily southern uh, southern michigan southern michigan
0: where'd you get that information from
1: so we are on bridge michigan bridge michigan.com <laughs> so that is a quick. quick little deer hunting article that we have it's
0: a check for cwd all in all you're saying check for CWD. all in all
1: check your cwd if you're if you're hunting in an area that you know, does have a higher number of uh, focused CWD surveillances. You may want to get your meat tested. I mean, personally, I'm not a hunter. But if you said, "Oh yeah, this animal's got CWD," it tested positive. But if you cook it, it's going to be all right. Personally, me, I'm uh, yeah, I'm kind of on the fence about it too. Yeah, I wouldn't. There's eat good arguments
0: in either way, and both sides. But uh,
1: you're not eating a healthy animal, you right? Know, start your this animal's stumbling and starving. You know? My
0: only so here's the only thing is you took a life. And you're gonna waste it. Oh, <coughs> waste yeah. it now. So that's my only gripe with. Right. Yeah. You know. that's, but it's true. But you know, with all the diseases and stuff flying around, I don't know. I might just waste that one. If I, if the thing is, is you didn't waste it. If you did take a deer with CWD out, it now can't spread it. So you're not exactly a waste. It can't spread
1: it, and it's not gonna. It's not gonna suffer and die. I mean, I think getting an arrow shot through me and dying instantly is better than starving to death.
0: You know, but filling a tag, I think, is your responsibility. You kill a doe, and it ends up CWD. You're not going to eat it. You still killed your doe. You still filled your tag. Right. That doesn't mean you get a free pass. You right. don't get to go out there and shoot them all until you get, you know. Right. In, in my opinion, of course. No,
1: absolutely. I, I, you know, there would be arguments on both sides of it. It's This isn't an opinion article. It's just letting you know, hey, keep an eye out for CWD and the deer you're harvesting in lower Michigan. And they will test it for you for free. It doesn't say for free, but I'm sure it'd be for free.
0: You want um, me to do Illinois?
1: You want to do Illinois or you want to talk about something like, light- well, let's do Illinois. Let's do Illinois. Illinois, Illinois. is quick.
0: Uh, I got this from Chicago Sun-Times. And you have done this with me. I'm going to do it Saturday night. Okay? Okay. So... The Lakefront Kings are in. Are they? Okay, nice. So that this this article was about five six days old, so this is not like new yesterday news, right? So they're if they were in five days ago, they're definitely in now with the cooler nights. Oh, for sure. But all around Southern Lake Michigan and like even Chicago, they're yep. coming in. Okay, uh, they're saying the best bite is overnight, which is typical yep. on spoons for salmon. And then they were saying, "This is you." I was thinking of you. I actually wrote this in here just for you. Okay. It says use a night crawler under a bobber with a three foot drop because we're catching steelhead on that. Really? That steelhead trout. No kidding. Yeah, in maybe. the harbors? In the harbors. No kidding. So if you're interested, I actually texted Nick. We're gonna probably we're gonna try and make it out Saturday night. I gotta see if cal has got anything you know, surprise weddings that she had me go to that I didn't know anybody. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm sure. So, but that's my, I was Googling around. I, I, I don't know if you noticed, but uh, scanning through the news this week, it was boring. I didn't have time to write up a hidden gems. I do have one that's dear to our hearts that it's coming. I'm going to write it. Okay. Or you can write it. You yeah, know. we can do that. We can co-write it. Yeah, but it's kind uh, of a
1: slow week for news.
0: It is. Uh, my Wisconsin one's typical, you know. Yep. But uh, that's all I got for Illinois. What do you got for... Or do you want to talk about the salmon thing? So, I know you've been out there. I've dragged you out there with me before. Okay. Yep. And it's a neat way to fish, but I don't know about you, but I always feel like I have no idea what I'm doing. You, I know what to do, but I feel like, is this, is this work? You throw this little spoon out at the Great Lake, Michigan, and you reel it in a million times and not catch anything. I've watched one guy catch one. And yeah. It was very exciting. And you're in
1: the same spot. You're not moving around. It's because everybody, the shoreline is lined with fishermen throwing the same thing that you
0: are. Yep. Yep, it's and just, it's all a, it's all a, it's not even because they're hungry. They're not in there to feed. Yeah. They're in there it just annoyed them, so they hit it. Yeah, you know. It's
1: just it's a different way of fishing that I'm not
0: typically accustomed to. It's cool. I would love to get one on though. Oh, I think for my sure. whole mind would change if I got one on. Yep. Um So yeah, that's all I got for Illinois for now.
1: I only got one little thing for Indiana. And Indiana news is kinda hard to come by, but I I read this came across this little article in the Herald Times. Um, that I thought was just the coolest idea, and I had never heard of it. So it's a place down in uh, Southern Indiana called Fairywood Forest Forest School. So basically, what it is is it's an outdoor preschool. So rather than having kids, you know, going inside with parents, be, you know, being more concerned about COVID and everything, they're opting more to have these kids go to these outdoor schools, and it's in the woods. And they, you know, the uh, the teachers, the guy's name is in here um, Chris Barth and Sam Sondergrath. Um, it says they teach eight to 12 children around three to 10 years old. Um, it's all outdoors. They do some like educational stuff about, uh, you know, different bugs and different animals. And like the kids just kind of enjoy it because they're not confined to the indoors and they can, if they want to be loud, they can be loud. They're in nature. If they want to be quiet and it's, it's just kind of cool. It was a really good article. It's kind of, one kid found a spider and all the other kids come over, look at this spider, you know, educational. and Kids kind of teach themselves. And in this day and age, I think with people being more concerned about mass mandates and inside and COVID and spreading and everything, I think this might be something to.
0: That's a cool find you got because that's a neat idea. I, you know? I thought it was a
1: great idea. And Instead of
0: doing just like workshops on the weekends, you know, with yeah. a couple of people.
1: And they just, you know, there's just not toys, there's not just toys in the in the room, and then the kids run around, and play with toys, and color on things. It's like this time they're actually using their brains to develop. And look, look at this rock, you know. And then the, the guys go in and talk about it. And
0: it's actually a preschool. So what is that? And that goes up to what five? It years says a
1: uh, it says they teach ages three to ten years old. So I imagine there was another thing at the end of the article that kind of said when they see, um, when the younger kids see some of the older kids, uh, doing like a challenge or something like that. The younger kids are more inclined to like try that, you know. It's just it's better than having them be inside on a computer, playing on their phone, tablet, or anything like that. They're out running around, and this this shows a picture of the guy telling them a story. They're all sitting around a campfire, and no, it's just a really neat idea. I thought.
0: Oh yeah, I was never send my kid into that. I'd, you know? Yeah,
1: I had never heard of it on the outdoors, the outdoor preschool. Where'd you get that from? So that's from the Herald Times. Um, Herald yeah, Times Yeah, they Online, usually have good articles.
0: I, I enjoy their articles heraldtimes.com i know i've, I've read through their stuff
1: oh yeah that's so, all i got for indiana it's kind of slim pickings for news
0: this week so wisconsin okay. okay this is from apnews.com okay um i it's kind of a typical uh conversation that we have uh can you guess what i'm going to talk about fishing no uh wolves okay we're okay. back to the wolves so I don't want anybody to think that all I do is look up wolf stuff for Michigan or uh, Wisconsin.
1: You are wearing a wolf shirt right now with stars and... No, I'm not.
0: Oh, no, I'm just kidding. It's a St. Jude's, baby. That's the 5K me and Cal one. Oh, yeah. But with Wisconsin, uh, this whole this whole wolf hunt thing has taken over all the outdoor DNR type news. So that's why I just keep going with it because it's, it's obviously a topic of conversation. Right. So it's a coalition of wildlife advocacy groups are suing to stop the fall hunt, the fall wolf hunt. Okay. Okay. So they called the spring hunt a massacre. Have you been following this at all? I haven't been following it too closely. So pretty much the Trump administration removed uh, wolves from the endangered species list. Right. Um. So then they have to have a hunt. Okay. There has to be, there's a mandated time to hunt. And somebody sued and they said, okay, well, and it was after the fall season. So it was spring and, not, and it wasn't even springtime. It was like February. Right. And they doubled their quota on accident. Oh God. And this is the time that the wolves were pregnant. Yeah. It, it's so it's just, a, it's a mess, you know, but they forced it into there cause guys want to hunt them. I'm not interested in hunting wolves. No, absolutely not. So they're saying that this, they're trying to cancel this fall because of the spring cause they did not handle that one well. They're saying that this this fall will devastate their populations. I agree. I think they should cancel it. Um so the Chippewa tribe is entitled whatever quota they come up with, the Chippewa tribe is entitled to half. Okay. You know what the Chippewas told them? What's that? We're not we're not hunting wolves. We find them to be sacred. They consider the wolf a sacred animal. We would never we would never kill a wolf. Okay, yeah. The only time I could see somebody killing a wolf out of that tribe is from safety. Right or attacking your whatever, you know but they're not going out and stalking these things. You know, they're apex predators like us. So farmers want them gone, but the group say they are too beautiful. This is actually what the group said. They are too beautiful to kill and the population is fragile. Okay.
1: I agree with that statement.
0: Me too. The lawsuit that they filed demands a judge to block the fall hunt because the board ignored all the science. So they had a vote. Yeah. Originally, they, uh, I forget all the numbers. Say it was like 119, 130. Those two numbers come to my brain. Okay. And somebody said, nope, that's what we want for the non-tribes. That's what we want the hunt to be. So they doubled it to 300. Phew. Yeah. That's outrageous. Out of a population of no more than 1,000. And I did the math on one of these podcasts. It was less than that. It was like seven, 800. You yeah. know? So the, with that lawsuit, it also asked the judge to remove... The 2011 Wolf Hunt Law, okay? Okay. So, I wrote in here to explain that. So, the Wolf Hunt Law, as the governor signed this, the, the 2011, okay? In 2011, the governor of Wisconsin signed uh, assigned this uh, law, and what it is, is they're on the endangered species list at that time, okay? Okay. Maybe not exactly at that time, but close to. And the law says anytime they are not on the endangered species list, which is regulated by the feds, Okay that wisconsin now has to offer a season to hunt them if they're not endangered. proper seasons fall okay everybody has uh either pregnant they gave they got puppies you know right so they hunted them in february after the rut's done they got pregnant mamas so they're they're killing these moms and there's puppies inside you know yeah this is kind of a mess and it's been a mess the whole time. I just I just wanted to report on this again. First of all, the fish news was kind of it was like dry. Right. The rest of it was kind of dry. So I was like, I'm gonna stick with the wolves then. They were uh, so the one thing there there was there was a guy talking in this article. He he was following around a wolf pack around uh I think he said Madison, Wisconsin Dells, somewhere in there. Okay. And there was uh nine wolves in there. Yeah. He actually named them. He watched them so often. Mm-hmm. He actually they all had their name. Yeah. After that wolf hunt, they killed seven of them. Oh my God! So there's only two left. There's yeah. So they really want to skip the hunting season. If they have to hunt them, they really want to skip the hunting season because the wolf packs. You got scattered wolves now. They're yeah. a pack animal. Mm-hmm. So they just had a group, and now they don't. So they said this will reestablish the packs if we skip this. So pretty much, is they want this hunt this year to be canceled because because of the February hunt. I think so, it should be. So, that's my Wisconsin news. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I have no interest in hunting a, a wolf. Yeah. I do I you? I don't see why you would. You're not going to eat it. Yeah. It's you're just, just doing you, it for the fur. Yeah, you're doing it you for know. the fur, or for the mount. But, you know, on the other hand, every time you read one of these articles, and I've said this before, you always read it in the wolf's favor. You don't read the farmer that lost his entire live, livelihood but to a wolf. Yeah. You it, know? I mean, I can totally see that. But I can see, I can see laws written for that, then. You've got to you have X wolf amount of livestock. Property. You know, you yeah. gotta, you're got and you got to prove that it was a problem or something, you know. Yeah. But just like me, I can go get a tag and drive it to Wisconsin, pow, shoot a wolf, you know. Yeah, I mean, that's that's outrageous. So I guess that's it for the news, huh? Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of a slow weekend news, really. Yeah, there wasn't much. I was going to do a hidden gems. It's just been so busy since we got back. I just haven't had time. Yeah, you trying know? to get
1: back into the work work thing. and
0: I got a couple of hidden gems up my sleeve. And because if the news is going to be dry, I'm going to start doing more and more hidden gems. Yeah. So I guess we will go into the Smoking Bills segment. Is that good? good you good with that? No, absolutely. I'm ready. All right. So here's Smoking Bills again. All ready. So you don't have much for us this week, right? You didn't do any cooking or nothing. No, nothing at all. We're just kidding. Here is the awaited brisket.
1: <laughs> so Yeah, we did a brisket. We brought it up north. Kind of a treat for everybody. Um Brisket's kind of like the uh, the golden egg. I've this is only the second time I've ever done one and I I think it turned out just as good as the it first. was
0: fantastic. It's—I'll tell you what—you had my—you had the best critic taste it. You had my dad taste it. Yep. Okay, and he absolutely adored it. There, there's really nothing
1: too terribly hard about brisket. It's just—it's so time consuming. It was—it was a 14-hour smoke. Yeah. You're—you're you're, and you're starting it the night before, and
0: and you it, added a little bit of work to this one. <sighs> you don't know what I mean, huh? No. What do you mean, Bill? I gave him the camera, I gave him a GoPro, and we got a video coming out. Right now, the YouTube channel is called, I got to change this, because it's called Midwest Rod and Paddle. But I okay. just filmed a video talking about how we're going to change the YouTube channel <clears throat> to uh, Whistle Mission Outdoors.
1: Yep. Yeah, so that added a little bit of a challenge to me. I had never done a
0: GoPro selfie It's
1: video. not that good
0: of a video. It's it's okay, but the audio got screwed up somehow. Yeah, you I don't know. know what I did to that. It's okay. It, it Shit happens, but... Button. It was uh, but so we also got a video. It's it's only what what was that four minutes? Yeah, it was about four minutes or so. It was. It, I think it turned out pretty good. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, we're, it, we're not gonna go into all the details on the video. So that if you want, this is where if you watch the video first, this is where you come to get the information. The information on what did you it. did it. So
1: so brisket, it, it always it's a tough cut of meat. You gotta cook it slow. And the the demand for it is so high. That's what makes it so expensive. Because people, all these people have smokers now, and oh, I'm gonna smoke a brisket.
0: So, now I know I know I should know this, but the brisket is like the chest, right? Yeah, it's a
1: tougher cut of meat. Um, it, it's real fatty. You just cook it slower, so it kind of melts in your mouth. And it it did. It turned out pretty
0: good. All right, so it goes from uh, start to finish here. So you today you walked out and you bought a brisket. So and- today
1: I went out and bought a brisket. Okay, well, it wasn't today. It was a couple of weeks ago, but bought the brisket. Kept it in the fridge till I was about two and a half, three hours before I was going to smoke it or throw it on the smoker.
0: Before, is there any chews and briskets worth saying? Or I, did you just grab one? You see it, you grab it, you go.
1: It's all based on how much you actually want because you can get them anywhere from 12 to the first one I bought was 19 pounds. It was, that was a long smoke. Chunk of meat. That was a huge chunk of meat. And I, I'm no butcher, so as soon as I pull it out of the fridge, well, it's still cold. I like to trim some of the fat off of it. Is it easier? Yeah, I think it's easier. to. Mm. I, the first time I did it, I did it when it was warm, like after I had let it warm up to room temperature. But it's de- definitely way easier when it's cold out of the fridge.
0: You just fight it less, huh?
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, I pulled it out of the fridge.
0: Well, actually, so choosing is just a weight thing. Yeah, choosing it, is just, it's it's, just how big you want one. To
1: me, yeah, it's a weight thing. You're looking at it. Obviously, you have your different cuts. You have, you know, choice cut, prime, prime you're going to pay for that's like going to CP Meats over there, and it's it's the best quality, but you're just going to pay way more for it. Yeah. So, so this was just a choice cut.
0: A special occasion. Yeah, special stuff. occasion, yeah. All right, graduation. so keep going. So you, you got your cut of meat?
1: Got my cut of meat, and I trimmed the fat off. Um, when it I'm was no, cold? Yeah, when it was nice and cold. I'm no butcher. I think I did a pretty good job.
0: I thought you did, watching because I did all the editing on a video. I thought it looked nice. Yeah, I th- You it, know, it, And I you made it look like a cut easy. I was actually surprised when I was editing all that. I was surprised at how uh, it actually cut oh, yeah. so easy.
1: Nice and cold like that, it 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 cut pretty nice. So yeah, after after trimming the fat, I waited about uh, probably two hours. It was a it was I think it was a twelve and a half thirteen pound brisket. Got it to about room temperature and then turned the smoker on, heated the smoker to two twenty five, and we went with the competition blend again because it is like kind of a special special cut of meat. We went with competition pellets. What flavor? It's a mixture between maple, hickory, and oak. Oh, okay. So it's kind of a combination thing. It's the stuff you get from uh, Farm and Barn.
0: Farm and Barn? Farm and Barn.
1: <laughs> yeah, the competition blend. I like it. It's one of those special occasion, you know, pellets. Bill means Farm and Fleet, by the way. Farm and Fleet, yeah. So, yeah, before we put it on, we had the uh, – it's just a brisket rub, so it's kind of like a – it's a salt and a pepper, and there was a little bit of – I think it was a garlic powder in there. It was a pre-bought, just – brisket rub
0: that's the stuff you had me smell right yeah it smelled good yeah it, it smelled it smelled nice and strong and
1: yeah brisket rubs you, they're 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 everywhere use your favorite one this time obviously this is the only second time i've done it so i went with this particular rub i think it's called like the ghost company i can't remember the name of the brand but they're they're all pretty much the same okay uh so yeah through the uh, threw it on the smoker at 225 i think it was about 11 o'clock at night
0: um so but with, with with the rub, is there anything you, you got to know about adding it?
1: Oh, no, no. Just dump it on there and rub it in.
0: You don't have to spray anything and pour anything on there? No olive no. oil? Okay.
1: Nope. No, it's pretty pretty straightforward. Just dump it on there and rub it in. Gotcha. So, yeah, we threw it on the smoker at about 11 o'clock. By the time I woke up about 4.30-ish, uh, it was still only like 115, 120 degrees. We Probably it was about eight o'clock when I got it to 165. So once you get it to 165, you know all the guys will tell you. Some guys wrap their brisket, some guys don't. I, the first time I did it, I didn't wrap it, and the second time I did it, this time I did wrap it in uh, peach butcher paper. I think it can, uh, it just held the juices in so much better. But, yeah, yeah,
0: I thought I thought that was a neat idea. I didn't know that was a thing. Yep. And I will say, editing that video, when you got up at 4.30 in the morning, you looked tired checking oh, on your brisket. It was definitely it like that was the last thing you felt like doing. Yeah,
1: no, it definitely woke me up out of a sleep. But you know what? It, it's all part of the experience. Like I said, smoking a brisket's not hard. It just takes a lot of patience. You're just waiting for it. So, yeah, about 8 o'clock, we wrapped it in the peach paper, pulled it off, wrapped it up, and uh, put it back on. Same temperature, 225. You're going for an internal temp of, like, 205. So when I pulled it off, it was 204. So I think it was 11, No, it was no, it was later than that. It had to be about one or two in the afternoon. When I so actually pulled it off.
0: An internal temp of two hundred five. Yep. So I would. So you would call that like almost well done, wouldn't you? Well, it's not. Necessarily, I mean, if we were if we were talking steaks, oh, well, if we're a-
1: talking steaks, that's burned. Yeah. Yeah, that's. But for a brisket, no. Huh? No, for a brisket, no. You're because you, you want all those juices to kind of like render, and that's what makes it so tender and everything yes it's, it's not okay a br- brisket's not steak you know you couldn't cut it up into steaks and no
0: it. but it, that just amazes me because i'm surprised it wasn't it was so i would never guess it was that hot oh ever. yeah i never was well,
1: so much fat marbled through it and everything it, it was, all just renders down and it's just so so juicy it was
0: fantastic it was definitely uh yeah, it was, honestly though for some reason, I'm still into that tri-tip. You still made. like the tri-tip? Yeah. The, the brisket was right there. Yeah. But, like, for some reason, I don't know what you did with the tri-tip, but the tri-tip was still good. But keep well, going. You, keep well, going. you
1: like the tri-tip made as a steak. You don't like the tri-tip cooked like a triscuit.
0: You like it when I cut it up into little oh, steaks, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The brisket was good. We made sandwiches out of it. I had just pieces of it. Mm-hmm. Any, way, any way you ate that, it was fantastic. Oh, I loved it. You know? So, keep going. So, anyway,
1: sometime in the early afternoon, I can't remember what time, Uh pulled it off and the important part you cannot slice it right away you gotta wait you gotta wait at least an hour i think i waited two because you want all those juices to reabsorb into the fat, into the meat you even made a clip on the video mentioning that i did you got it can't slice it right away because otherwise all the juice is going to run out and it's going to end up dry um so, yeah, slice it up, and you want to have the squeeze test. You squeeze it, and you see the juices come out of it.
0: Is that what that was in the video? Yep. I was editing that, and I saw you do that. You put it right up to the camera. Yeah, put it right up to the camera mm.
1: so you can squeeze it. You see the juices in there. That tells you you did it right. And you do the pull test. You want to make sure that you can kind of pull it apart, and it's nice and tender. Okay. So, um, yeah, I, I kind of screwed up with the camera. I didn't actually do, like, a final presentation picture of it but
0: we'll film that today so we can get this video out yeah you
1: know yeah we'll take a take a picture of it but no it 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 wrapped up real nice and whenever i do smoked meats anytime i'm going to take them somewhere or store them in the fridge for a few days more than a few days i always vacuum seal when it's nice and nice and warm because that way you're getting all those juices in there still too all the fat everything retains in there
0: um, so, how much did you actually bring up north with us, like, poundage-wise? Did you bring the whole thing? I brought the whole thing. So, we ate that whole thing, huh?
1: We ate the whole brisket, aside I a couple of little pieces that I was snacking on here and there, but...
0: Yeah, right. I know they appreciated it. Oh, and yeah. It was, a good, it was a good dinner or two we had out, up there with that.
1: It was a little different, you know, obviously, being kind of in a rustic setting, uh, to reheat it, I brought it up there in that vacuum-sealed package and just had a tin foil pan and put it over a charcoal grill, kind of
0: let it slow slow cook back to uh back to life so is there anything after doing all this is there anything you would have done different
1: i think next time i think i'll get a prime i'll get a prime brisket
0: that's it huh they're just the uh yeah
1: i'd like to try one i'd like to try a real nice one get one from an actual butcher shop you know give that a shot
0: so with also with the uh with the smoking thing i'm not gonna say what but you also brought something else up there. Yes. And that we're gonna save. Yes. Okay. We'll
1: save that till next week. I thought that one turned out pretty good as well. That
0: was a good and this is a this is something I don't normally eat. Yep. And it was good. It was fantastic.
1: Yeah, we'll save that for next
0: week. Yeah, that'll be next week. But uh that was good too. We're yep. not gonna get into it now, but I just want a little teaser out there. You know.
1: Oh yeah. We got something on the mark on the on the rack for next week.
0: So is that it you got? You that's, want to yeah, to that's Alexander? all I got
1: for smoking bills this week. I know it was kind of a. Uh, <laughs> I'm uh, just nothing. kidding. It was a. Uh, it was a good one. It you was, put a lot of
0: work into it, and a lot of people have enjoyed it. And so
1: you know when you when you when you put that much time and effort into like actually doing something, that does turn out good. You know, it's always it's always worthwhile. Especially you know having your dad enjoy it. That was like okay, good.
0: Yeah, Pat. Nick. Yeah, Pat loved it. Uh, did Joe get some of it? I'm not sure if Joe got some of it.
1: I think Joe was gone by the time it was. Uh, by the time we were cooking,
0: really okay. My days. Or were all maybe he up. did. I can't remember if he did or not. Oh no, he brought something of his own. Yeah, he brought brats. I can't remember. He brought something of his own, but the rest of us enjoyed it. Yeah, I ate. I was so stuffed after that. Remember that? Oh, I was yeah. like, I was like sitting out in the boat, like, oh man, I should have stopped like one pound ago. <laughs> you know, it was. Uh, that was good. Yeah. That was really good. Well,
1: thanks, man. I'm glad you guys enjoyed it.
0: So that's it for smoking bills this week.
1: Yeah, that's all I got for you this week. So tune in next week and we'll have uh, what else I brought up north.
0: Yep. That was good. Oh, I, yeah. I I definitely give you credit for that the second one cuz that was that, I did not think that was going to turn out as good as it did.
1: That means a lot coming from you cuz you don't normally eat
0: this kind of stuff. Yeah. So I guess we're going to go into the discussion topic. Yeah. So before we get into the discussion topic, I do want to I do want to give Bill some more credit. On top no of boy. being on top of being some of the best food I've ever eaten. Okay, I'm actually to this point in my life, like you like going to restaurants and eating. You know, yeah. I actually prefer when it comes to pastas and things like that, salads. Kel. I can't. I can't go to a restaurant and find one better than Kel's. Yeah,
1: she's and baking. Oh God, she's she's a savant of baking.
0: And like, uh, when it comes to eating meat. The only place I can really say and I don't even want to say it's better, but the only place I would look forward to as much as yours, if I could say that, you know, it's equal to you is Gibson's, Gibson's Steakhouse. No, I mean I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> That's like dude, quiet. I'm telling you, like I, we went to Gibson's and I enjoyed it. It was it was a fantastic steak, but I wouldn't I wouldn't say it was better. You yeah. know, it was definitely a good experience and yeah. things like that. But but here's where the real credit lies. Okay, so you're an excellent cook and all that, but the entire time in Wisconsin. The time today, he showed up to fill in for Pat. I needed somebody, and you 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 picked up the slack for Pat. You know, poor Pat. He's you know, but entire time in Wisconsin, and today Bill has supplied with bushlight. Gotta have bushlight. So there was not a time in Wisconsin. I'm like, man, I could use a beer, and there wasn't one available. You know, Bill comes in to fill in for Pat. He's doing me a huge favor. Guess what he brought? Bushlight. Bushlight. I just hope Pat gets
1: better, man. It's. That's bad luck.
0: It is. And I, f- I feel bad for him. That I-, I was a little upset last week. We were supposed to do a podcast from the boat, and he got all his wires crossed and scheduled too many things at once. So we didn't get one in last week. And I was really looking forward to doing that on the boat, yeah. you know, just to have, just be different. But so uh, a quick background, and you could chime in on anything if I say something wrong here. Okay. You and me have been fishing together. Uh, well, first, you and me have been best buddies since the first day of high school or sell, right yeah freshman year high school because you sat at my lunch table the very first day okay so that was 2003 yeah so we're coming up on almost 20 years bill is now in his mid-30s he's an old man you know i'm 32 mid-30s he's (laughs) one day when i get to be his age i like early 30s mid i'm gonna go with mid anyway so we've been fishing together a long time yeah i I mean i mean well fishing like that was how we kind of hit it
1: off sitting there talking about random stuff and, oh, yeah, I'm into fishing. You're into fishing, too.
0: There's two pe- go fishing sometimes. There's two people I have a, a log of stories of fishing. Okay. Oh, yeah. There's two. When I go back in my memory bank and talk about some sort of experience I had, there's two people I have a vast, like, a, like experience with, okay? And that's you and my dad. Yep. Everybody else is kind of sprinkled in there. Pat's sprinkled in there and other guys, you know? Oh, we've been on a thousand trips together. So... That is, that's, so when I, when I think when it comes down to you, you've been there for most of it, you know, at least in my adult life, let's, let's put it that way. In the adult life when we, when we were, since we didn't have to ask our parents permission anymore, you've been there. Okay. So over the last year I've been experimenting. I dedicated my entire fishing life to fly fishing. Yep. I went late season last year. I went early season this year, all the way until this trip.
1: Okay. Yep. Yeah, I never saw you with a bait cast
0: or spinning reel. I've not thrown other than now. I'm back on it now. But uh just a couple days uh, last night was the first time I we went out fishing with a bait cast this year. Also
1: you're back on it now, huh?
0: I am, yeah. So I here's the reasoning. So um I wanted to go the entire year this year with the fly rod, okay. Okay. But then I got to think I went back in my journal, which if you want to read by the way, you want to, you said you wanted to read that.
1: Yeah, at some point I'd love to.
0: So I went back in there. I've not thrown a uh since we were in Hayward last year, which was the week of like the uh, August 21st. Yep. We got back from that. That was it. I, I threw a fly rod ever since. So I've been through all the seasons with a fly rod now. Because i fished all the way up until, I'm going to say mid-November last year, oh, all yeah. with a fly rod. And so I was doing an experiment on pretty much like, it, it is fly fishing the better way to go? Okay. Okay. So... And you've witnessed, I mean, you how many times have you been fishing with me this year? I've dragged you out in the heat. Oh, yeah. All that stuff. Yeah, low water, high water. Yeah. I threw the fly rod. Okay. And my experiment is over now. Okay. I know when to use the fly rod versus not. Okay. When do you use a fly rod? So, if you remember early spring, I was cleaning up on fish. You were. You were cleaning the house. You were going out slaying them. I was killing them. And so, if you look back in the records, the water temps were like... Say no more than 48 degrees, okay? A little chilly. So it's cold. And so we're, this is the kind of the thing I came up with. I can fish a fly. The flies I tie and all that, I can fish a fly so incredibly slow with, a, a you know, a good motion. It looks real lively. You saw them in the water, all oh, the yeah. big ones I tied. They look good. So in, in early spring, late fall, when the water's cold, um, that fly rod, I would take that fly rod over anything, okay? Really? So... I've been skunked for a while, ever since the water warmed up. Granted, we've had a weird year. It's been low water. It's been high temp. And so, I mean, say since the middle of June, it's not like the fish are just flying in the boat like they were. I would go out, and I was wondering what fish I was going to catch. Not whether or not I was going to catch a fish. I was wondering what fish I was going to catch. Yeah,
1: smallmouth pike. You were slaying pike early spring. Oh,
0: yeah, big time. So, water was cold, though. Flies, you can keep, they're very neutral, buoyant. Give them a bump. Give them a bump. Give them another bump. Bam. Fish. Okay. So what I found out with this experiment is the water is now warm. Okay. Right. The weeds are now grown. The fish are now fed. Okay. They're not coming out of the winter months hungry and tired and the water's cold. And they
1: see this lazy fly
0: in front of them. And they see this lazy fly and bam, they hit it. They take it. Yep. Okay. Okay. So, but once you get to say, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb and say 72 degree water temp. Okay. Okay. Weeds are grown. They got a place to hide. The minnows are all spawned. There's plenty of bait fish in the water. Yeah. The fish are all your all your predator fish are well fed. Okay. Now they don't need that lazy action anymore.
1: Yeah. So a faster action.
0: So now, I mean, you know how you are when you when you ate good, you know. And your testosterone's up, and you're, you're like ready to like lift heavy things, and you know things yeah. like that. I just know with lifting weights, there's certain days if I'm if I'm well fed from the day before, this workout's better. Okay? Ready to
1: conquer the world the next
0: day. You're just well fed. You're filled out. You know. You're not depleted in any way. So these fish are now well fed, okay, and they do not need a lazy action. So I'm not saying you can't catch them on a fly ride. If it came to small waters like the we fish, yeah, okay, um. Anything, if we had to be in waders, I would still take a fly rod over anything. Okay. But I was casting the triple flowage or the fly rod, that's hard to do. It's hard to cover ground in the fly rod.
1: Yeah, it's, that's, that's one thing I was going to say is it's, it's a lot harder to cover ground with a fly rod as opposed to a bait cast. I can throw three casts to your one.
0: Correct. You know. So what I came up with, and I can kind of prove it from this weekend, really. So I've been skunked for a while, Okay. Uh, and my, so my biggest thing is, is a fly rod is not an aggressive enough action come fully fed, fully grown time of the year, warm water. So just everything like right now, everything's at the, at the apex, the peak of what it's going to be this year. And it's going down. Yep. The weeds are full grown. The fish are well fed. They've been eating for months. Yep. They're not desperate for food. They're not desperate for minnows. There's frogs, there's turtles, there's everything's up. Everything's going. Yep. And water's warm, they're moving, you know, it's, it, it's just the height of everything. I mean, what you're saying makes sense. Yeah, obviously, uh, you know, a faster
1: presentation, it's not even so much about eating. It's more of, this thing's flashy and annoying, get it out of
0: here, and they attack it. And they have the energy to do so. Right. So, that's where I'm going with the fly rod. I'm not, I'm not by any means, done with the fly rod. I'm no. not saying that. But I wanted to go through all the seasons and all the scenarios that I fish and only use a fly rod. And I can tell you right now that Chippewa Flowage, I'll never go there with a fly rod right again. Okay, yeah. I might have one along to play with in the backwaters and yeah. things for smallies. I'm not saying, but to go... I I only fly fished until the last day, okay? Yep. And throwing we were out there in high winds i was throwing casts we were out there and nice days and we're doing everything normal still I,
1: water windy water rock bar everything
0: and i could tell you right now in a lake that size you need coverage versus presentation right so i would take a bad presentation four times as fast than a good presentation you know yep. and, so uh, when you're tra- taking a bait cast and you're throwing 100 and 100 and i mean what do you think you throw 100 120 feet yeah i would say so with a musky lure and I'm throwing a big cast for me, is 60. Yep. And so you're first,
1: reeling in a lot
0: slower. So first of all, it takes, it. I can only throw half the distance and I can only reel in half the speed. So you'll get that 120 foot cast in before I'll get a 60 foot cast in. Well, you call it
1: stripping. You don't call it reeling in.
0: Right. right yeah. Stripping. So by the time I get it in and now I got to, I got to get the whole thing going again. Yep. Throw it out there. Okay.
1: And it takes time. It's not like just picking up, pressing a button, and throwing out there. Right. You gotta. I don't know what you call it with fly fish, and you gotta false cast, and yeah, you, know, you gotta do that two or three times, and
0: you throw it out there, and then hopefully everything's okay. Your line didn't catch all the slack. Line didn't catch something in the boat, you know. So, first of all, I'm throwing half as far, and I'm only bringing it in half as fast. So you, so you, you know, if you did the math and actually covered the, however many feet, you yeah. know. You were covering at least four times the amount of water I was in the same amount of time. Okay. Yeah,
1: yeah, I would say so. I wasn't exactly knocking them dead though either.
0: So. No, I was just looking at the whole, you know, how musky fishing is. Yeah. You know? And but uh, I'm not saying the presentation's bad. I'm not. I the only thing was with a fly. I don't think it's aggressive enough. Yeah. And you're not covering as much water. You're out there on a bar. How many acres do you think that like the church bars is? Oh God.
1: Ten acres, maybe. Yeah.
0: So you're trying to cover ten acres. Over and over and over again with the fly rod, I don't think you move as fast. No. You just don't move as fast. The presentations are good. The flies look good. Everything was fine. I just don't think it was aggressive enough.
1: No, I agree with you there. I, especially, it makes sense with the warmer water. Um, and yeah, for the, 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 the a lake the size of the Chippewa flowage, he just, maybe in the springtime.
0: Maybe you'd be knocking them dead in the springtime. The spring so walk, I remember maybe. talking to the guy that owns a resort. Not going to mention his name, you know, but, uh, I told him I fly fished, and he said that is one of the best things. When you get to the late season up there, they're fishing with chubs. You ever see those harnesses they put on their big chub minnows?
1: Yeah, that's state law. You have to have that. the, I forget what they call it. But it actually hook. preserves
0: it, so you didn't get anything. You throw that one back on the bucket. Yeah. you know, It's not like you killed it hooking it up. Yep. And But I told him how I fly fish, and he says, man, that's a great way to muskie fish in the fall because you can leave them out there and give them a slow twitch. Bink. And yep. the whole thing moves. Bink. You know, and- so fly fishing, I know it works up there in the fall. I'm sure it works in the early season and all that, but I'm talking about the only, so what I'm saying is fly fishing is a season. Well, didn't you go out fishing yesterday? Today's I went Sunday. out fishing, so I, I went out fishing twice yesterday, and okay. I nailed the bass, lost a pike. That was my own fault. Yeah, it's not really my own fault, so there was a bass rolling around. Or a, a pike rolling around. And I saw him a couple of times. I'm like, I'm just going to throw over there. So I threw over there, hit it. As soon as it hit the water, he hit it, and I wasn't ready for it. Fast you know? action stuff? Or? Uh, buzz baits, crank baits, oh, you know. Not I threw, fly stuff. I threw, a, I threw a buzz bait. Bam, he hit it. Oh, yeah. As soon as I got away from fly fishing, I'm, I'm putting fish in the boat again. Yeah. But on the flip side, you take those same lures I was throwing, you're not going to catch those fish in April like that.
1: No, you're never going to catch fish on buzz bait in April. Don't and, quote me on that.
0: No, I mean, it. I wouldn't say never, but the water's cold. They're not well fed. They're not into the chase. They're not into the aggressive chase. Right. You know, if you had to, if you had to chase somebody down, okay, wouldn't you rather do it when you're fully clothed and you're fed and it's the middle of the day and you're awake? Yeah.
1: As opposed to just waking up from spring you know, a long winter's slumber.
0: Yeah. So that's kind of, so I, I, I'm saying fly fishing is most useful as a season.
1: I mean, what you're saying, I mean, it makes sense. But you're not gonna catch me fly fishing, not yet at least. No, <laughs> I gotta give you know, I've given it a shot, but maybe this year, maybe maybe in the late season, you can convince me to go out.
0: And- the other th- so uh, for the creek, I don't think there's a better way to fish. I know you saw your little maps. But, for instance, you're standing over here, and you just want to cast that little pool right there. So, you're, you're going to cast 20 feet. You're going to pull it to 15 feet, and you're done. So, you pull out the cast, and you throw it back down. You don't have to reel it in across all these shallow rocks. And yeah. Like, you know. So, when it comes to creek fishing, shallow water fishing, pretty much anything you would wade, I'd, I'd take a fly rod over anything else if you're going to wade. I'm i got to not-
1: give it more of a shot. I, I I end up with a sloppy knot mess, and, yeah, it just comes with practice, but...
0: So, pretty much my whole experiment. So, I did this from middle of last August. I went all the way through November up to now. And what it comes down to for me is fly fishing is most effective when you need a slow presentation. I would agree with that. Yeah. There's going to be all kinds of fly guys. I follow them on Instagram, and they do it all year, and they disagree. But you also look at the waters are fishing. It is the river type, yeah, you know, fast if,
1: moving current. If I was
0: up, if I was up in a river right now for muskie, I would not be throwing some of the lures we throw in the lakes, no, you know, not at all. And so I probably, I would still fly fish. If we were up in the Wisconsin river, up by like Wausau. Yeah. And which I really want to do that or the Chippewa river, you know, yeah. but, uh, I would still be throwing my fly rod for sure. But when you're trying to cover these lakes, like we, we got, even got that little one, Lake Chabana. Yep. Okay, so we go there just to just because it's a change it's a change of scenery, and there's a chance you might get a muskie on. It. We yeah. never have, but there's a chance. You Got a couple follows there, but that's a little lake. That's a 300 acre lake. Okay, and the Chippewa floor is 17,000. Yeah, it's a bay in in the chip. It's yeah. It's a, it's it's hard. You know, some bays are even still bigger than that. Yeah. And you still can't cover the water in Chabanel like you can. You know when you're when you're searching for these fish in a big round lake like that, you're looking. You got you first. You want to spot them, and then you want to go after them. Yep. You know, in a fly rod, you know maybe I had a follow. I dragged them all next to the boat, and I never got it. Maybe they saw it out there, but they were not interested. But you you throw one of these bucktails on that's thumping and you know causing vibrations. I do think you have a better chance in August with a with a bucktail than you ever would a fly or at least locating them. You know at least rolling them. So that is kind of the, so I'm still going to use fly fishing as a tool, but it's not just going to be who I am, you right. know, what else, you, what, what do you think? I mean, I, I, what you're saying makes sense. You know, the only, the only
1: thing that I would come up with is I, I could also fish slow with non-fly fishing gear, you know, by using like maybe jigs, twister tails, stuff like that. However, you, I don't have the suspension that you do with a fly with a fly.
0: Exactly. So that's that's my only argument with it. So in in order to throw everything you're talking about, you need weight. Yep. Weight sinks. You know. The weight I use to throw a fly out there is
1: the line. Exactly. So that would be my only argument against that cuz yeah, you know how you know me. I love throwing what's my favorite lure? A white maps. White maps all day. If you don't know what to throw, throw a white maps. You'll catch something if they're biting. But uh Yeah, that's a fast presentation. It's You're a not, fast
0: presentation. It's aggressive. It's spinning. It's shining. Yeah, but it's appropriate at certain times. You like know? this
1: time of year when the water's warm. Yeah, but like you said, when the water's cool and they're not moving as fast and not.
0: So some. Of, so the one thing that is a good argument to fly fishing, okay, is all the soft plastics. These heavy soft plastics that you don't need lead to throw. You just need the weight, and those will suspend a little better. You know, yeah, those tubes. Are, yeah, you tubes.
1: Know? Tubes definitely they produce
0: but, but with, with with fly fishing i still think i would i would take i would take my fly rod against anybody early spring late fall whatever you want to use other than live bait anything artificial i would take my fly rod say sub 50 degrees okay sub
1: 50 degrees
0: i would take my fly rod over anybody
1: see i would take my ultralight i'll put a wager on it
0: would okay good so uh what would you use you're very good with your ultralight. You're the most accurate ultralight caster. I've never seen anybody, he can knock the wings off a of fly with an ultralight. So I know, I know you're very skilled with it, but what would you use as a bait? I'd probably, so we're going early spring. Early spring, late fall. Early spring, late fall.
1: Jigs, twister tails. So what about depth? That's just it. It's, that's what I would throw. And yeah, I'm going to be fishing pretty much the
0: bottom. I know in theory, everything goes into turnover, but, for instance, the Desplaines River is a three-foot river.
1: Right. Yeah, you're not going to get.
0: I mean, just turn over a thing. Is it actually a consideration? You know, I yeah, don't know. Who knows? You're turning over three feet of water.
1: And you're talking rainfall and pr- what do you get? Yeah. Who knows what rivers.
0: So what's your wager?
1: 30 rack of bush light. Ah, uh,
0: You know what? We'll have to save this for spring because this fall we are dedicating to. Uh... Actually, I don't know because I do want to go chase big pike. In this in, in November still. So I'm not I'm not completely done with deer hunting season, but we want to dedicate this fall to deer hunting season.
1: Well yeah, we got deer hunting and then we got salmon fishing too. So let's do let's do the springtime. Okay. Write, the, write this down in your book, our wager. I'll wager 30 pack of bush light. I produce more fish in a month. A month. Let's do a month.
0: Okay, so here let me uh
1: I'll primarily be targeting smallmouth. So
0: Where at? Does that matter? Doesn't matter. And that's an ultralight.
1: Using an ultralight. Ultralight setup versus the fly rod versus the fly rod six pound test on it
0: doesn't matter as long as you yeah just use your ultralight ultralight fluger and we're gonna do 30 pack of bush light
1: 30 pack bush light because either way we both win you're right
0: because i'm gonna gonna drink it with you okay so i got that so that that'll be interesting we could even do it this fall because uh i do want to i do want to go up out for that late november bite you know up to not late not no no here Here, all on this river. Okay. I know where there's some monsters living. I was out, I was out twice looking for them. Not saying where. Yeah. But I know where I've seen a couple of monsters. I know they exist. And so I'm looking for them. But I I do want to, I'm curious there if. if you can actually pull that off, because I think I could pull it off with the fly rod. But I'm curious. I want to be challenged with it. It'll be a, Yeah, it'll be a challenge. And this challenge is only when we're fishing together. It's not like I can get 10 days on the water and you can get two. No,
1: yeah. It's only when we're fishing together. So, I'm not going to go out, you know, two hours after work. And, hey, I just laid three smallmouth.
0: Well, it's just like, because like, if I go out 10 days this month and you go out two, oh, I won. Well, you should.
1: Yeah. You it, know. Yeah, it'll only be when we're fishing together.
0: Okay. So... That's my experiment. So all in all, let me let me say this in one broad thing: fly fishing is a season that you. It's a tool you use in the appropriate times. It's not just. It doesn't have to be a way of life. If you are a fly fisherman and you feel like you're missing out throwing spinning or bait casting gear, just throw it. Right. You're a fisherman. You're not just a fly fisherman. Right. In my opinion, you can you can call yourself whatever you want. I was kind of going with just the fly fishing thing, and now I'm I'm circling back. I knew I wasn't like going to be done with all this stuff. But I did know that I wanted to dedicate a year, a whole year, to just flinging flies. And that is what I came up with. In the extreme, one end of the season or the other, I would take the fly rod. But you need the aggressive uh, lure chase of a spinner, of uh, anything that makes noise and causes vibration.
1: Yeah, I would agree. I, I, I think you did pretty good. You're real patient with it. Going out there throwing flies all the time, my arm will get tired.
0: It, it takes, I'll tell you, the first few days of the season, you, you do feel it. Oh yeah, you are using muscles you don't normally use. You know, but uh, if you like the feeling of a rod loading up and you are throwing a beautiful cast, that's what keeps you doing it. Yeah, you know. And uh, but no, I'm I'm gonna use it as a tool now. I got this out of my system. I'm gonna use it as a tool. We're gonna be I'm gonna be all around fishing. Yep. We're gonna rod, We're gonna rig up the Midwest Power Drifter. Oh, by the way, I hadn't thought. By the way, what do you think? If we do build that back into the Northwoods boat like we're talking, okay? Okay. With your live baiting, what about doing downriggers? Would you be interested in investing in some downriggers?
1: I'd be interested. I don't know much about them. I'll be honest.
0: It's just for getting down and trolling, you know, finding walleye?
1: As far as, like, getting all set up and everything. That's the part I don't know. I, I know how it works, but as far as what you need and everything, I don't have any of that stuff.
0: We're going to do rod holders on the front so we can go live baiting. Yeah. You know, now we're, we're going to leave the casting stuff at home. We're going to go out there and we're going to live bait and we're going to try and do that. So, we're going to set we're going to set the th- this thing might not get sold for a while cuz I got a feeling we're going to set this up to our little home. Okay. You know. Yeah. I'd- so, that that was an idea I had about downriggers and but we're also going to do rod holders. But we're going to be I want to be all around. Now I am at the point now where this is going to be all around. I'm just gonna be all around fishing new Lennox fly fishing is still a thing I would still love to take people out you yeah. know things like that but it's not going to be my dedicated way you of teach fishing. me how to do it I'm gonna teach you how to do it
1: all right so it'll be a wintertime thing when we're bored yeah
0: It'd be Maybe good you could be could cast do, in the yard you're doing the street you know yeah so
1: that's all I have this week what do you think is that all no you? I think yeah I think we did pretty good not much to report up in Wisconsin on fishing it kind of sucks that we got skunked but you know what I like all fishing not catching it's mm-hmm. it is what it is
0: I appreciate you filling in for Pat. Poor Pat's got a swollen face.
1: Oh, I, no problem at all. Hope Pat feels better. Yeah, all right. That's all I got.
0: That's all I got. Well, thanks for tuning in. Uh, next week, will Kelsey's corner. Uh, she said she didn't have anything prepped in time, and but she's coming. To, she's not done. She's just, uh, she's just a busy gal. So Kelsey's corner. Hopefully next week she's gonna have something prepared for us. We already know what Bills segment is going to be next week.
1: I got smoking Bills for you ready for next week.
0: And uh, Pat will hopefully be back. And thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for coming on.